Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you to raise the bar on your own performance and to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's episode. Greetings, everyone. I bet you're a nonprofit leader or clergy and you just want to talk about what it is you do but you don't know how to get your head around it without thinking, oh, I'm boastful, I'm arrogant, I'm just tooting my horn. Well, our guest today is going to give you some concrete things to think about. Um, You do important stuff and you're the leader. So it's important that you get the language that lets people know why they want to connect with you. Why should they bother to look at what you're doing and why can they get their passion fulfilled by working in the project that you champion. So our guest today, uh, she's a great guest and June Morrow is, uh, she has lots of of really good gifts and lots of areas, but her gift for about yourself and why do, you, why do you focus on this biography writing? Sorry, I, I, you just froze for me a second there, so I missed the question. <laughs> yeah, high technology, you're right in the heart of so, yeah. uh, so June, you're our guest today. Tell people a little bit about yourself, yeah. the mm-hmm. person, and then why do you focus on this biography writing? Yeah, so um, so I am a content strategist. That means someone who helps you with your emails, your blog posts, your things that you put on social media um, and helps them align with whatever your organization's goals are. And I'm also a copywriter and a former journalist. And when I was a journalist, my bed and bread and butter was profiles of people. I worked in arts and entertainment and um, really kind of doing profiles of people. And then moving on from journalism, I worked in uh, corporate communications for the Ontario government here in Canada, where I am. And there, a lot of what I did was writing profiles of kind of public servants who who otherwise wouldn't get the publicity and the, and the credibility that they deserve, but doing really, really great work and really making a difference. And I just love that. And so when I went out on my own as a content strategist um, and I thought about things I can help people with, one thing was bio writing. And I remember I had one friend come to me and she was like, oh, I need a bio. I don't know what to say. And I was, I would love to do that. So I did her bio and I was like, this is really fun. You get to interview people, you get to learn more about them and you get to share what's really unique about them and what's really unique and relevant to audiences, which is what I love doing. I love matching what's unique with what's relevant and kind of spreading the word. So writing is just like, it's a natural fit for the different things that I do. Every time I talk to you, you have such enthusiasm about your mission and, and, and the work that you do. Um, so a content strategist. Now I'm a leadership strategist. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about creating a strategy around the topic. Um, you know, our, we, we want to be a leader, but first we have to understand what leader means. Now, I teach strategy, people how to write strategy, but do you think I can write my own strategy? No. So there's mm-hmm. this thing about being too close to what we do to be able to be objective or even to understand what it is we need to tell people. So mm-hmm. when you start working with somebody, is it better that you already have a 
uh, a knowledge of what they do, or is it better to start with no knowledge? So generally, I'll start with what, what they've put out there so far, but that's not really the whole picture I find. So yeah, so when I'm working with somebody, uh, say if I'm, if I'm doing content strategy or I'm writing their bio or I'm writing their website or whatever it is, we go through a whole long interview process where I ask them you know, all about them, but also about who their audience is and what their mission is and what drives them and what's in their heart for what they do. And, and usually from these, you can start to see like what differentiates them from other people and kind of their, their essence starts coming out for lack of a better word. So yeah, so I'll look at what people already have, but that's usually, that's a fraction of really the, the magnificence of who they are. Well, and you know, my expertise is in leadership and leadership development. It's not about writing about myself. And you could probably say that about most of the people you work with. They have really high level skills, but it, it, they, they don't really know how to write this piece. Mm -hmm. So we're talking, the, the large part of our audience are nonprofit leaders and clergy. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it important for them to have a bio? Because it's not about them. No, exactly. And that's why it's important for them to have a bio. So it's important because when people go to your website, whether that's your church's website, your um, if, if you're a nonprofit, your nonprofit website, after the homepage, the second most read page on most websites is the about. So who is this about? Who is behind this? Who is the person? Who are the people who are running this, right? Because we all know people, they, they have, uh, you know, their resources are limited and they've got a lot of choices for where they spend those resources, whether it's donations or whether it's time volunteering or whether it's, you know, being a part of a community. And they want to know before they even take that first step is, is this somebody I can trust? Is this somebody that I would want to, that I would want on my team? Is it someone whose values align with my values? And so what your bio does on your about page, even if it's an about page for your organization, if it's, if, you know, who's behind this, who are the leaders of this organization, is it tells people, it kind of builds a bridge and it's that first thing, it's like that handshake, an online handshake that says, hi, this is who I am. And it gives them a sense if they're a good fit for working with you or being a part of you know your organization. Yeah, we want um, we want people to volunteer. We want mm -hmm. people to be on our boards and our committees. Mm -hmm. We want don donors, and we want corporate partners, you know, among yeah. other things. So, yeah. does one bio work for all of that? One bio will, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to sell you. Like, it's not going to be like, I read your bio and now I'm in. Although some people it will, depending on what their level of, you know, level of commitment is. Um, but for some people it will be like, I read your bio and I had to meet you. But it's, it's, it's a step, right? It's like an open door. It's like saying, hey, here's a peek at what we're about. And it works in conjunction with your other materials. So it works in conjunction with, you know, your web page. It works in conjun conjunction with other marketing that you do. Yeah. Now, marketing is a topic that we're not very good at, but we won't go into that deep dive today. But in order to do marketing, you've got to have some narrative that's important. And really, leadership is about relationship. And it's important that people know who we are. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've, we've got a bio on the about section on our website. We've got a bio in LinkedIn. We've got a bio, very short run on Twitter and mm -hmm. on Facebook. Mm 
-hmm. Now, in my thinking, all of those are slightly different. Can you give us an idea what's different or are they the same? Yeah, so I look at it as you actually, most people need three bios, right? So you need the longer form, which is a couple of paragraphs. That's your about page. It might be two paragraphs. It might be three, depending on who you are and like what your role is. Then that can be repurposed for your LinkedIn summary. Then you have what's known as, a, I call it a boilerplate bio. And that's like one paragraph. And that's something that can be used when people are introducing you as a speaker. If you're a guest speaker, that's something people can use if you're guest writing for them, if you're doing articles for somebody. Um, and that's kind of like your bio that goes like at the bottom or is an, an introductory bio. And then you have the one sentence, unique value proposition is what some people call it. And that's the bio that you can use to introduce yourself. You can repurpose that as your bio for your social media, describing who you are. So there's three different levels and they're all, they all, they're all the same, but can be stated differently. So they all follow from your larger bio, but it, it all starts with knowing who you're speaking to. So let's pick one, LinkedIn. I've seen a whole lot of really funky bios when I read them. I still don't know who that person is or what they do. So what, yeah. are, some of the, what are some of the big sins? What are the biggest mistakes people make in a bio? So some of the things people do is they keep it um, too much like a resume, right? So it's just a list of, I went to school here, then I worked here, then I did this, then I got involved here, and then I was this person, then this was my role, right? And it's just like, it's just a straight up chronology. And you want to have your, you want to have highlights of your experience. Yeah. And you want to have highlights of, of, you know, why your, what your credentials are. But you also want to give people a taste of who you are. What's your personality? What are your values? Are there little, is there a story, like just a, a snippet that can put a visual in people's head that describes really who you are and what you stand for? And it doesn't have to be a lot. So it's, I, I find bio writing, it's a mix of telling and showing. And that's kind of where the art comes from. So that's one mistake that people frequently make is just listing the chronology. Another thing is people, sometimes they're too vague right? They're afraid to say anything. So they just keep it really broad and you don't really have a sense of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, let your personality come through. How do you do that? So you do that through storytelling. And again, it doesn't have to be a long story. It can be a short story, right? So it can be a story about, well, I know Hugh. So for example, your background, you were a conduct, you, you conducted bands and something. So you know, it, it's, it's using that, you know, maybe you had that experience. It's a metaphor for what you do now. So how to lead people through bands. So it's kind of bringing people to a moment in your life that exemplifies the things that you stand for. Another way to do it is, um, so when I work with people and I do their bios, one thing I ask them to do is think of like their top five values in life. And then think of times that really showed those values. Right. And you don't pick all of them. You might pick just a little bit of one, but it's about it's about painting a picture, just giving an example. Right. So let me think of an example. So it might be um, if it's if it's somebody who's a pastor, maybe their their example is, you know, my earliest memory is is uh, was being getting up in in church and and saying something and I knew then that I was destined for the pulpit or you know so it's kind of like giving those little snippets of life 
And it's just they're really just sprinkled in there just for flavor and it gives an idea of who you are. Another way to do it is to, if you have a unique belief or if you have something that you stand for that's different than what other people stand for, you can always put that in, right? So it might be like, I believe that people are more important than profits. That might be a very common one, right? But you can sprinkle those things in so people get a sense of, oh, this is what this person is about. Well, I never thought about some of those things. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to tell you my opinion on this. When people put in um, married to a wife, Jill, for 37 years, two children named Tim and Sammy and a dog and a cat named Choo Choo and Papa. I'm, I'm, is that too far to the extreme? Do people care about that stuff? Yeah, they do. They do. And that's one way if family is a value to you, if that's one of your core values and you want to, you want, you want people who have similar values coming to you, then that's, that's something you might put in. And I like that you included the names of the dogs because that's really amusing. It's like, why did you name your dog Cha-Cha? Like, you'll remember these things, right? So little, little things. I'm not always responsible for what come, came out of my mouth. Yeah, but no, those things, and it doesn't have, but you don't have to, if that, you know, you don't have to put that in if that's not something that is going to be important to your audience. So it all depends who you're, who you're dealing with, right? If you're dealing with like, um, if you are helping, I don't know, like the inner city, you know, if you're working with inner city kids and you want inner city kids to be a part of your program, you're not going to put that you're married, you know, with the wife and husband, like that's going to be irrelevant to them. So it's really thinking about who is, who are you speaking to and what's relevant? Yeah, there's, there's a, um, um, I guess a humble spirit of uh, people who are in the, of course, nonprofit's a bad word. It's it's social benefit. It's for purpose. It's a tax exempt company. You know, there are lots of ways to describe what we do, but it, it's service oriented. We serve yeah. other people and we help people do things they can't do for themselves. Yeah. Uh, charitable organization. There's a lot of lot of title, whether it's a nonprofit or church or synagogue. So that 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 all of that together, people in that demeanor say, I don't want to talk about myself. I'm not important. But mm -hmm. how do how do you have that conversation that yes, you are important, you're the leader and people need to know who you are. How do you have that conversation? And how do we as nonprofit leaders rethink that paradigm? Yeah, yeah. So it and I think it goes back to even, you know, the, the not taking time for self care, like it goes back to all of that, right? That kind of self facing like other people put other people before you. Um, but to have that conversation, I think it's really thinking about building a bridge because your bio is a service right? It's a service to your organization. It's a service to the things you believe in. It's a service to the change you want to make in the world. And so it's thinking of that as a way to start a conversation. It's thinking of that as a way to build a bridge, to, to get people, you know, to take that first step to know, like, and trust you. So it's, it's not even, it's about yourself. Yes. Right. And it's about the value that you've created in this world and evidence that you can continue to create that value. But beyond that, why do we care about that? We care about that because we want people to trust us because we're doing something important. So I think it's, it's reframing it from being about like, hey, this is why I'm so great. Here's all the great stuff I did to really, this is almost like it's a service you do for your organization, right? Um, yes. So we are 
leading that charge and, and as a transformational leader, uh, the difference in a servant leader, it's sort of in the same space, but the difference mm -hmm. in, in a transformational leader is the transformational leader is the cheerleader. We're not mm -hmm. always behind the scenes. It's like the conductor. We don't play the music, but music happens because the orchestra mm -hmm. follows, follows. It's not just the beat. It's the whole presence of influencing people. And I translate that into the boardroom. It's our position of influence that enables people to raise the bar. So we are defining ourselves as an influencer in this bio. So yeah. how do we do that? We subtitle, I was looking at the page we set up for you, um, how to talk about yourself without sounding arrogant. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So how, give us some tips about reframing our thinking and then what are some of the tactical things that we should consider? Right. So, so think of, think of the value that you've created for others, right? Because then it's not necessarily about you. It's about what you've done for others. So thinking of, of, um, you know, the highlights of your life, what difference have you made with the things that you've done, which isn't about you. Think of it from the perspective of the audiences, hmm. right? Think of it from the perspective of the outcomes not necessarily it's you you know you did do this but it's thinking in terms of like what was the changes that happened as a result of you being involved or taking leadership on something in the past so think of it in terms of storytelling right one way to do this is to ask other people like i mean this is one reason you might hire someone to do your bio is because they can give you that objective feedback sometimes we don't see the things that we've done we don't recognize our own strengths right well, but another way to do it is simply to ask those people closest to you, your closest colleagues, the people you've worked with, you know, what are my strengths? Is there an example of a time when you've seen me really exemplify these strengths? So it's, it's not, I, and it's, it's, it's also really like, again, looking at it as it's, it's a service that you're doing by describing what you're doing. You're, you're a door, you're a door, people come through you right? When you're influencing them. So it's just thinking about this is how my story is opening a door. Your choice of words is fascinating. It's, it's giving me a reboot on the process thinking, which is kind of what our guests do here. I learn as much as everybody else when I interview our guests, um, because you do this all the time and you've honed in on a, on a niche and people think, oh, I can write it myself. So what um, what's a paradigm shift? So you you've given us a lot of sound bites here, a lot of things to think about. So where do you start? I mean, you got all of these things you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. How do you sort out all the things you want to say? Now we're approaching it from the fact that as a leader, here's the results of my leadership. Is is that kind of the context that you were suggesting? Okay. Yeah. How do we then take all of this stuff we want to say and put mm -hmm. it in? put it into a concise form that people actually want to read. Yeah. Okay. So what I do, I lead people through a process and I can tell you the process. So what you want to do, you want to list um, one who is, who do you want to speak to? Who's the, who's the big audience that you want to speak to? And some of you, it's going to be multiple audiences. I get that. Like you want corporate, you know, and then you also want volunteers and they're two very different audiences, but thinking about the vision and the purpose behind what you do. So everything starts with what is your purpose? Right. So think of your audience. What is your purpose? 
what are your credentials? And by that, it's experience, education, accolades. What are your values? Where have those values been in action in terms of the difference and outcomes that you've made? And then any unique beliefs or any kind of like, you know, just other facts that would demonstrate who you are as a person. You list all of these, you do a big brain dump of each of these different areas. Then you look at, okay, who's my audience? What's the purpose? And then you rank them based on, according to your purpose and your audience, which of them exemplifies those the most. And then the highest ranking ones will go first. And that's really, that's the process of editing. It's like in journalism, it's like, what's my lead, right? So where do I lead with? What's most interesting and relevant to my audience? And that's what goes first. We're speaking and, yeah. to June, you say Moreau? Moreau, yeah, like tomorrow. Moreau. Moreau. Okay. Um, I don't know if it, there's, there's a little dialectical difference between us in the southern part of the United States and in, <laughs> yeah. in Canada. <laughs> As a crawl conductor, I listen for vowels and they're very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's neither bad nor good. It's just I, I pick up on things, makes it fascinating. We, we say y'all here. And if there's a bunch of, bunch of y'all, it's all y'all. Oh, y'all, I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we do have our own language, but we have to learn to communicate with other people in a common language. And so let's take um, let's take these pieces one at a time. So the all the academic credentials, the accomplishments, the accolades, all of that stuff. You know, the, I get I have a lot of people say, well, I don't want to talk about that. It's not important. You know, I've done that, but that's a credibility piece. So talk it about credibility. It's about how do you it's sort about, that all out. Yeah. How do you sort yeah, that out? It's about your authority. It's about your authority. And obviously you're not going to include everything, right? Again, it's not a resume. You're looking for what's relevant to your audience, what's going to help them trust you, and what's going to convey the, the message of your organization the best, right? What's going to reflect the purpose, your why? So it's kind of bringing those three things together. So here, here are my credentials. So I think that's, people want to know, um, why are you qualified to do this? Yeah. And they don't ask you. They don't know to ask you, but they're thinking it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So they won't go any further if you don't have that credibility. So we're, we're talking to June Morrow, if you just happen to come by on the Nonprofit Exchange or Facebook. Um, it's J-U-N-E-M-O-R-R-O-W.com, JuneMorrow.com, straight through yes. no issues. What will people find when they go to JuneMorrow.com? Oh, uh, well, you can check out my blogs, which I is, uh, if you click on blog, I mean, it's a description of what I do. <laughs> so I've also got um, a freebie will pop up for um, how to craft an irresistible elevator pitch. And your elevator pitch is is not like a sales thing. It's like how you introduce yourself in networking or if you're in a new place, like, hi, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so. But it's also like, I'm so-and-so and this is the difference I make with so-and-so. So there's a, a free training on that. Um, and then my, my blog, I have different tips every week on how to communicate better with your audience. Love it, love it, useful stuff. So that, that elevator pitch, um, there's a lot, I hear in a lot of networking, I hear lots of really bad elevator pitches. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Way too long, way too much data. Mm -hmm. And and like I came out of a play in London with a friend and I said, what did you think of the play? And he said, I had a problem with the ending. And I said, what did you mean you had a problem with the ending? It was too far from the beginning. 
So people kind of forget what you started with when you go on too long. So yeah. how that's a really critical, it's the short snap video uh, bio about mm-hmm. you. So yeah. how, how long should an elevator pitch be? Um, well, you want to be basically under under a minute. But it depends how interesting it is, right? If you can keep, keep people's attention with your elevator pitch, but ideally you want it to be like, hi, I'm, you know, my name's June Morrow. I help um, service-based individuals and, and uh, leaders with their bios and content strategy so that they can reach more of the people that they want to reach. Like, it, it should be like about that. So go it doesn't have to be that. This is the thing. There's three different types of pitches that you can do. So you can do that pitch, which is like your unique value proposition. You can also do the question pitch. You know, have you ever wondered why? Ooh. Or, you know, are you familiar with blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what I do, except for this audience. Or you can do a unique pitch, completely off the wall pitch, which very few people can get away with. But when you do, you remember it because it rhymes or it's a sing song or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're talking to June Morrow today, and she's um, helps people craft their content. Uh, so it actually attracts the people you want to attract uh, instead of repelling them. I think a lot of times what we write pushes people away. That I don't want to have anything to do with it. And we're totally um, blind to that because we're not reading it. And what about we put so let's let's I want to talk about how frequently to update, but the first part of your your bio needs to be the credibility, your credentials, your accomplishments. So what was the next part you went to? Oh, so it doesn't, that's not necessarily the first part. Your credentials could be the second part. It might be like an interesting story that starts it off. Um, okay. But you have your credentials, your purpose. Like, give me an example. So start with your why. So uh, Hugh, why do you do what you do? Um, I see a lot of nonprofit leaders with great skills, great programs really suffer in not being able to fulfill their mission. And I know that I can give them the links that they need to be able to be successful. Right. Okay. So you might start with something like that. You know, I I see a lot from my position. I see a lot of people who are suffering from this and I know that things can be different, right? Your why might be a personal why. Sometimes it's you've been through something, right? Maybe it's you have a mission, a personal mission based on your own personal experience where you've had a transformative experience that can be super powerful. Right, because then it's like I know what people are going through. Um, so you always start with with what is what is it that's driving you? For me, it's connection. I want people to connect. I want. I think we're too isolated in this world, right? We're so separated by online and technology. And I think there's there's ways that we can come together and work together better. And so for me, communication is the first step to connection. But everyone's going to have a different why. But when you start with so start with your why. Think about what it is that's really important to you. Then you've got your credentials, which is your experience, your education and training. And that can be formal or informal for both of those. They don't necessarily have to be formal education or formal experience. You can have, you know, you can have achieved something and, you know, as a volunteer, you could have uh, learned a lot um, mentoring under somebody, a leader in your field. So don't discount those experiences. Then you have accolades which are things like, you know, you've written a book or you've appeared on CNN or you've, uh, you've spoken with these people or you've done a TED talk or you've, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and then, then your values and your beliefs and those kind of go together. And that's looking at what matters to you personally in life, what matters 
if you are speaking, if you're part of an organization, what matters to the organization? What are the organizational values? And how, do you, how does your life reflect that? Are there examples in your life? And here's an example of um, another way to say that. So uh, someone I work with, she was um, like, she values uh, the environment and, and um, that's really important to her with what her, what her business does is the environment. And also she wanted to show that she's really hardworking because she likes to work with people who are hardworking. So an example of that is just in one sentence saying, you know, Jennifer is a vegan who's trained for three ultra marathons, trained for and run three ultra marathons. So you get a sense of like, oh, okay, she's really, she's like, you know, she's very um, disciplined and very hardworking to run an ultra marathon. So rather than saying I, I'm hardworking, you would say, I've done this. Wow. Don't mess with this woman. She's hardy. <laughs> I know. I'm I got exhausted just writing her bio. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's that's quite amazing. So we we want to think about what we want people on the other side to see about us mm -hmm. that's relevant to then what's coming up in our we hope a conversation. Mm -hmm. So so when you write it, you should read it. Um <laughs> Should you have other people read it? Should you read it out loud to people? How do you test it out? Mm, well, the best way to test it out is to, to float it by some people who are in your target audience and, and say, what do you think? Another really good thing to do if you can't do that, or even if you do do that, um, I, I think you should test it out. I think you should, you should, you know, get different people to read it and give them those thoughts. Maybe not, you know, maybe not the person closest to you, maybe not your husband, your wife, or your close partner uh because they're going to have a different perspective of you than maybe your professional you know the professional perspective and they might not even understand the audience thing so but one thing you can do when you get anybody to read something is ask them at any point did you stop did you find your eyes glazing over right because was there a sentence where you kind of your your mind drifted because that's the sense that that's where you need to start, you know, changing things a little so they're a little more interesting. I, my my suggestion to people is befriend a middle schooler and read it to them. <laughs> How long is this going to take? You know, they're not very known for patience, but mm -hmm. they can give you back something concrete. I don't know what the the median education level is out there, but when I wrote my first book for a publishing company, they told me to write it at seventh grade level. Yeah. So, so I think it needs to be, doesn't, sometimes I want to use too many big words and it sounds pompous yes. and then it's a barrier for some people. That can be a barrier. And again, it depends who your, who your, uh, who your market is. If you're, if you're writing for, um, a market of, I don't know, geologists, for example, I'm not sure why you'd write for a market of geologists, but say you're, you're really, yeah, that's your audience. It, or um, people who are highly technical, you can speak in their language. But if you're writing for a broad public audience, then yeah, you're definitely going to have to write at a at a lower level and avoid those multisyllabic words. You don't you don't have to use multisyllabic words to get people impressed by you. But I'm going to say this: if you're writing your own bio, so on LinkedIn, for example, your bio, your summary should be in first person. It shouldn't be you, it should be I. So if you're writing your, your own bio, you want your bio to sound like you. And if you are a multisyllabic person who talks in, in like in sentences that are 
um, filled with big words, then that's, you want it, you want to have some of that in there. So people aren't completely shocked. You don't want to take on the tone of somebody who isn't you, but you still want to be professional. So it all depends. Like it's so unique to each person and what their bio is for, how much of the personality, personality, professionalism, what the balance is going to be. That's a lot of really helpful information. Mm -hmm. And what I'm discovering is many of these things are, are things we don't ever, us who aren't professional writers, we're leaders. We don't think about all these paradigms. Yeah. A lot of things to consider. Um, it's really difficult to make things simple. It is. It is. I mean, what's that famous, uh, there's a famous quote, like, you know, edit, like writing is like, you know, one hour of writing and four hours of editing. Oh, Whoa. That's not a famous quote. That's actually a quote I just made up, but that's, there is a quote. <laughs> that has that same meaning somewhere. Yeah. May I quote yeah. you on that? Yeah. Yeah. That is, that it, there, there are ratios like that. Like for mm -hmm. conductor, every hour of, of rehearsal, it's two to three hours to plan every hour. And mm -hmm. I use the same paradigm for planning meetings. I teach people how to do meetings because I'm tired of boring, unproductive meetings. So we do meetings in a, in a, profound way like a rehearsal so yeah. there's we have to be willing to pay the cost to create the right result right mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's not unless you're a, a natural writer and some people are um, or a natural editor i would say i'd say because so much of it is in the editing and in the, in the deciding what to include and what not to include now are there uh, i hear people use buzzwords that are the words you hear all around and you know, when I created Center Vision, people said, don't create synergy anything. People overuse that word. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. but Center Vision is unique. It's the synergy of the common vision. And it it's the culture of an orchestra that's an ensemble. This is the non-musical version of ensemble. It's the synergy mm -hmm. of the culture. So I, I, you know, I ignored that. But sometimes you want to get feedback from people about, are there some words that are overused? Are there words that don't really have the impact that you want? How do you, of course, people could engage you. And I'm sure on junemorrow.com, they can find a way to engage you, which yeah. is really the best way to do this, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's sorting out, getting to you. If we come with more developed ideas, I think you can do a better job of helping us. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I can, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't say what the, what the current, you know, corporate jargon du jour is. Um, but I think what's important is you can use any word so long as it makes sense. So long as people can visualize in their head what that word means, right? You know, saying I enable architectures for a synergistic organization says nothing, right? Like that, what does that even mean? So it's, it's avoiding, and this is something that I find people who have MBAs can sometimes get a little bit into, like they can get a little bit into the corporate speak. Um, so it's important if you are using those words if you're using kind of jargony words is to really flesh out like what does that mean like abbreviations like insider language yeah um, oh yeah Did, okay, acronyms forget do you not watch for acronyms that's a that's a common one you know i had someone the other day i was doing an accountant's bio and she was like oh yeah so i did the apar and I was, what does that mean you know and for her it's like accounts payable accounts receivable but you wouldn't know that unless you're a CPA, so which is a certified or chartered professional accountant. So, yeah. So it's it's when you have acronyms, even in your credentials, if people wouldn't know what they mean, then spell them out. 
you know, if people know, like people know what an MBA is, so you don't need to spell that out, but maybe you have an unusual degree, you know, then you would spell out like a master's of whatever it is or a, or a bachelor of whatever it is or a diploma of whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, be wary of speaking your language as opposed to the people that you're talking to. Well, June Morrow, you've given us a, a, an incredible amount to think about a large amount of information to really reframe our thinking. In a very short period of time, you have the ability to get to the essence of what needs to be said and communicate it very succinctly. So um, I might be sending you my bio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we write a bio. And uh, I, being in conducting, I had guest artists come and, and, yeah. and they'd send me a picture that was 30 years old and a bio that was just as old. So I'd yeah. rather show up with a current picture and look better than show up and say, who is that? You know, yeah. so how often should we think the, the written part of this? How often should we revisit it and re, re, rewrite it? Yeah, right. so I, I, my rule of thumb is whenever you get new headshots, right, or you change direction or you step up a level in your career or you, you, there's, a, there's a movement in your career and things have changed, that's when you want to rewrite your bio. Good, good. And just being aware that you've changed something and you might need to go back and revisit it. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'm being introduced as a speaker and people read it something, I go, dang, I need to change that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it's true. There's the downloader version of the speaker introduction, then there's the about page and all these others. So mm -hmm. this has been really helpful in sorting out how do we how do we identify ourselves and let people know who we are so that when we can we get together, we can just start talking about the topic. We, they already know who we are mm -hmm. um, or we can then start asking who they are. So June Morrow at junemorrow.com has given us a whole lot of useful stuff to think about today on the nonprofit exchange. And we'd like to, to sort of get to it, June, and say, okay, we've covered the topic. Now we're gonna say goodbye to everybody. So yeah, uh, I just wanna I just wanna just add it's June at junemorrow.com. So if oh, you want to get in touch with me, June at junemorrow.com. That is her email, June. Yeah, yeah. At June. At June Mor yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, the whole world's gonna be emailing you a sample bio. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, June, thank you for being our guest today. Don't go away. We're going to my pleasure. Some questions here. So, um, this is the Nonprofit Exchange. You can find it at thenonprofitexchange.org. Um, and on, on that site, you'll also find our magazine. And you can have our magazine sign up for our mailing list. You can find it when you go to thenonprofitexchange.org. There are places for you to connect with us. And, um, Thank you, June, for giving us some wisdom today and showing us the way to a better future in writing about ourselves and not being arrogant and not worrying about it. So thank you so much, June. Thank you for watching The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.